0: Hi everyone, it's Kelly, and in today's episode, Lauren and I discuss some of the most common areas of excess stuff. From the things in our homes to the clutter in our minds and more. And together we break down common solutions to help you declutter and embrace a simpler way of life in 2022. We recently asked you on Instagram at Millennial Minimalist about what areas of excess you need help with and what your minimalist goals are for 2022. And today we share your responses and discuss our own lifestyle goals this year. We talk about everything from what to do with excess shoes, papers, digital files, and toiletry products to how to better manage mental clutter, including fears and thoughts that aren't serving you. You will learn that decluttering doesn't need to be overwhelming. Our goal is to inspire you to get started, enjoy the process, and reap the great benefits that come with living with less. Be inspired to tackle various areas of excess in your life today. And together, let's start this year off right. It's so great to be back with you, Lauren, and recording again. How are you? How was your holiday? It was good. I
1: mean, despite everything that's still going on, it was I, I brought a boyfriend home for Christmas for the first time in 16 years, so <laughs> 16 years, my, so my family was like super happy. But yeah, it was a fun holiday, and yeah, it was nice. How was your holidays?
0: Yeah, it was really, really nice to seeing the family. But it, I, it made me so happy to hear that you were bringing a boyfriend home, and we still haven't really talked about it. So I want to learn more about how it was and everything, and just some background for our listeners. We, we, I think we, we texted all through the holidays, right, Lauren? We did, but we yeah. never uh, had a call. We never really saw each other. And yesterday, I'm walking down the street, and we had talked yesterday morning, and. I was so zoned in on my audiobook, and you walked right into me, and you're like, Kelly. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly had
1: on a different coat, though, so I didn't even recognize her. I was like, oh, is that a new coach? Like, no, it's like four years old.
0: <laughs> yeah. The thing that Lauren and I do is we will store a small little box of clothes. At our parents' home, very, very mine is super tiny Mine's and so I had, yeah. And I had an old winter coat, but I knew that I would, could pull it out later on and wear it again. And I brought it out again. I was like, Lauren, is this still cool? She's like, yeah, it's nice. I was like, perfect.
1: <laughs> no, I loved it. That's the thing. Once you, if you store clothes and bring them out a few years later and things like style comes and goes. So.
0: It does. And funny thing People is, we think always- it's brand new. yeah it's like brand new it's funny because we always wear black and white everything uh but it's usually solid black or white and this coat is black and white together
1: (laughs) yeah kelly and i both have these long black jackets we wear in toronto every day so that's why i didn't recognize you
0: and i have my glasses on you were like ah,
1: yeah you look cute though
0: Oh, thank you. Uh, So moving along, I am so excited for our one-on-one conversation today. I know you, our listeners, have been waiting for a new one. And today we're running another Q&A episode. Uh, We've had a few Q&A episodes in the past. We've asked you questions on our social media and we've answered them on the pod. And we see, we've learned that you really, really enjoy these episodes. So we thought we would do one again. So a couple of weeks back, we asked you two questions on our Instagram page. At Millennial Minimalists. One, what areas of excess do you need help with? And two, what are your minimalist lifestyle goals for 2022? And today we're going to share our advice uh, coming from our own research and our personal experiences over the years. So, starting with what areas of excess do you need help with? The first one that came in was. Excess Holiday Decorations, which is very in line with uh, the season today. And uh, immediately I thought about our previous episode called Simplify the Holidays with author Meg Norman. That's episode 88. Uh, We talk about how to simplify the holidays and how to simplify decorations and how to take a sustainable approach to decorating. And so I highly recommend Going back to that episode. But I'm curious, Lauren, like what are your recommendations? Because you are someone who loves to celebrate the holidays. I love the holidays. You love decorations, but you do it in such a minimal way. So what advice can you share for our listeners today?
1: One of the biggest things I've realized as a minimalist is that I I truly appreciate the minimalist aesthetic. So I I just like things kind of bare and simple, the way it looks. And same goes true for the holidays. So like, I I really try to make the focal point for Christmas is just a beautiful tree. Um, This is really funny. And you guys probably saw the pictures on Instagram, but the presents underneath my tree are fake. (laughs) And I store them in a box with the tree every year. And in those boxes, I just store the extra stuff. So like a Christmas candle and like cookie cutters And then every year I buy a poinsettia. So I keep it super simple. And there's so many ways. Like I genuinely enjoy the holidays. Like I like baking gingerbread and shortbread and going ice skating and listening to Christmas music and watching Christmas movies. Like I love that stuff. To me, that's what the holidays is all about. Seeing friends, seeing family. Um, It's not about a bunch of like plastic cheap decorations like cluttering your house. So to simplify holidays, just find a few decorations you really love and make that like the focal point of your decor, like even a poinsettia, like I'm going to put the poinsettia in the compost once it dies and, you know, I'll keep my candle, my tree and everything, but it's just a few things and then make the holidays about the holidays. So that's my biggest advice. Just don't try to overdo it. I think sometimes people overdo Christmas decor and it just, it doesn't look as good if they put out like a few beautiful things that they they really like. Kelly doesn't, you don't put up a tree.
0: <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I love Christmas. and I love holiday decorations. Yes, the thing do. is I end up going to my parents' home to celebrate Christmas and my mom does it up so well. You know, we've got the Christmas tree, the Christmas lights on the tree. We have decorations everywhere. She has this she has, she has a few little elves. My mom is a daycare worker. And so she has a daycare out of our home. And so a lot of, a lot of the kids, like they love the decorations. We have the stockings up. She has, she bought these little elves. Apparently there's a thing about elves and she has them hanging. She has one hanging from the light. And then the next day you're supposed to move him. You're supposed to move, move him every day. And one of the kids said to her, cause she forgot one day to move the elf. And he's like, how is the elf still in the same spot? <laughs> so funny.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's so cute.
0: Apparently, it's a thing. I don't, I think it's related to a show or something. I mean, the mom listening will probably know. It's
1: elf on the shelf, isn't it? Where they like watch you to make sure you're good.
0: I don't know. I apparently there's a game where the elf will be mischievous and 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 move to different parts of a home every single day. Uh, okay. Time. So yeah, it's it's interesting, but so I go to my parents for to celebrate, to have the decorations up. That being said, if I had a partner, I would definitely get a tree and I would do what you do, Lauren. I would get a small, skinny, long tree, and I probably would put a couple real presents underneath. I love your idea <laughs> of little fake ones. It's really funny. <laughs> really cute. Uh, but no, I, I mean, going back to the episode, Simplify the Holidays with author Megan Norman, she wrote a book called Have Yourself a Minimalist Christmas. I highly recommend you read it. It's a short read, super super packed with practical advice, and she recommends having a small box of you know things like stockings and, and ornaments uh, that are most meaningful to you. You know, other people have also cookie cutters stuff like that, uh, but declutter any unwanted ornaments or Christmas lights. I think a lot of people have excess lights. Uh, another thing to think about she recommends like dried orange ornaments and holiday wreaths that you can actually recycle after. So you don't need to house, you know, the fake stuff every year. You can, you can, you can create it yourself and you can completely recycle it after, which is super sustainable. I love that idea. And you know, I haven't done it, but I will really, really want to do it next year.
1: Um, My boyfriend's mom, I went over there over Christmas and she had like a real tree and rear garland going down the fireplace and like a real wreath on the door. And I was thinking like the actual amount of stuff that she has to store is so minimal because most of it is just going to go through a wood chipper. So, and it looked beautiful and like very well done. Um, What's also funny, my parents don't really decorate for Christmas anymore. Cause like, I don't know, I'm older and they go to Florida right after, um, but this year, cause I was bringing home a boyfriend, they like decked the halls <laughs> <laughs> Like, it was just like the house was done in lights. Like they put up a tree, like every, there was wreaths and like nuts out and just everything you can imagine. I'm like, mom, wow.
0: <laughs> That's so nice. I'm it's so really happy. Cute. I like
1: called him. I'm like, that was good effort on you too. <laughs>
0: Cause I remember your mom making a joke. I need to, t- I need to stuff all of our excess stuff in a room and then get a blind for the door so that he can't see in. <laughs>
1: Oh, we had that. Mike was like, your place is not cluttered at all. And I opened one door to like one room and he was like, oh.
0: <laughs> it's all hidden. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Moving on. The second area of oh. excess, beauty and hygiene products. So my advice for this is number one, use what you have first. A lot yeah. of us- we, especially on Sephora, we see all these exciting products and we're like, oh my gosh, I want to try this. I want to try this. I want to try this. And, or, oh, this is on sale. So I should definitely get this now. But before you, you know, click the one click buy, think about what you already have. So that way you are not accumulating more stuff and then having the old stuff just sit there.
1: A hundred percent. It's so tempting to be like, I want to try a new self-tanner or a new foundation or whatever it is. You can always try a sample of it to see if you like it, which still gives you that high, I guess, of trying something new. But I keep that rule of the same, Kelly. Like, I'm like, if you want a new foundation, then you can try that new foundation when your foundation is, has run out. But Mm -hmm. because if you don't keep that rule, then you'll just constantly be buying new stuff and be like, this one's better. This one's better. There's always going to be a better product out there.
0: Yeah. It's so I had an eyeshadow palette. I think I bought it in 2013. I know that's really bad. You should probably replace it before then. But I just finished it. I was like, okay, finally, I'm going to buy a new one. I finally bought bought a new one and it feels really good. But uh, so I like to say less is more. I personally, I think a lot of people, they ask us actually on social media, like what kind of products you use. So simply put, I use a cleanser, a toner, a moisturizer, and sometimes I use a serum before bed or in the morning. And of course, SPF, wear SPF. Yeah. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Had I known to wear SPF really early in my life, I would have done so, but it's very, very, very important for your skin. And uh, we love to use a product called Sukin Naturals. They don't sponsor the podcast, but we, we love that brand. We, it's very organic and it doesn't have a smell to it, which is great. Some of those products, I have those scents. I just, I don't love that. A lot of people don't love that. I also use Boy Sense. I think it's called Boy Sense from Sephora. And for makeup, pretty simple. Uh, concealer, mascara, eyeshadow, blush. And uh, that's about it. And uh, yeah, we're I'm happy to share it on the Instagram page if anybody wants to see it. So
1: yeah. I feel like if you keep your beauty regime and grooming regime simple, like you do, cause I do my makeup pretty much the same every day, whether I'm like going to an event or I'm just sitting at home washing floors, like it, it's pretty consistent unless you're someone who just loves to do your makeup a bunch of different ways. But I mean, I think we buy a lot more products than we use on a consistent basis. So keep it simple and like maybe just like wear a little more eyeliner if it's nighttime or like have like a couple shades of lipstick. You don't need like 30 different types of lipstick because they do expire too.
0: Yeah. Go through your products. It's. Well, you've had
1: your eyeshadow for like 10 years.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. But I was using it every day. Right. So that's. Yeah, you did. No, that's true. So it was useful to me. But, you know, I, I, gosh, I, it, 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 it concerns me when I see people buy new skincare products and their bathroom is full of unused skincare products. It's just, it's just so sad. It's wasteful too. So yeah.
1: And honestly, I'm curious if these people who have these extensive nighttime regimes, if they're how often they actually do them, because if I come home from work and I like have dinner and watch a movie. I'm not going to be like time to do my 45 minute, like 13 step skin routine. Like yeah, I'm just going to wash and moisturize my face and go to bed. So yeah. I don't know. I'm curious as to how much people really use all these products.
0: Yeah. And lastly, my dermatologist always says less is more. And um, I, I, it's kind of ingrained in me now. You know, yeah. people always think, oh, I need more products, more products to look younger or to, you know, help with my acne. It's actually no, the less you put on your face, the better. Yeah. Oh, I believe that. <laughs> I'm touching that. your face. Yeah, yeah.
1: you need more sleep and more water, not more products.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And water is a natural cleanser. So yes. you don't even need cleanser. You don't even buy any cleanser. Water is a natural cleanser. But anyways, so moving on, next one, next area of excess someone needs help with are their thoughts. And I think this is very, very, very common. Uh, we've talked about mental minimalism before. And, you know, from the top, I want to talk about how I think that clearing the excess stuff in our environment really helps is an immediate, has an immediate effect on our mental space in a great way. It helps us feel more calm, and it feel, helps us um, have more focus. But I think the next step from there is, okay, well, I have more calm, more focus, but there's still a lot of clutter in my mind, um, despite, you know, my area being quite clean. And I can say this for myself, you know, I would say that my mind is often cluttered, and it's something that I continually have to manage. And so some tips that I have and some things that I've been practicing personally are writing down my thoughts, keeping a journal. I have a bullet journal, which I use to write down my daily tasks and keep myself accountable. But there's also a section in my bullet journal where I write down my thoughts. And I personally noticed, Lauren, that, and we both do this. I know you do this too. I... You know, I, sometimes I'm very hard on myself. Sometimes (laughs) I like to say negative self-talk. I need to monitor that a lot better. I'm a very positive person as you know, but I can be very hard on myself internally. And so I'm trying to catch myself. Anytime I'm like putting myself down, I'm like, okay, stop. You know, and that's actually really helpful. So I've been doing that. Number two, I recommend lower your expectations. I, I just reviewed the book, uh, The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin, and she has a quiz called The Four Tendencies Quiz. And basically what it is, it's, it helps you identify how you respond to inner and outer expectations so that you can reduce your excess thoughts. So there's four types of tendencies. There's the upholder, which is basically someone who responds Well, to both inner and outer expectations. And uh, there's a questioner who will question everything before making a decision about anything. Uh, There's the obliger, really, really good at um, meeting expectations for others, but not themselves. And, you know, like for example, like, oh, you know, I'll get the test or I'll get the assignment back for my boss, but I am not going to go to the gym for myself at the end of the day because I can't motivate myself to do that. And then there's the rebel, the one that just you know, they, they, they rebel from the work stuff, uh, and they rebel from their own goals. <laughs> so
1: there's Wh- which one are you? Are do you do both?
0: So I took the quiz, and I am the upholder, and uh, I would say that. I, so I my result was an upholder. So I, you know, I do meet expectations with work and with my own goals. However, I think sometimes I am the obliger. Uh, so I, you know, I'm imperfect. I don't think the upholder means that you're, that's the best one. I think, uh, there's parts of each that are okay, but, um, but yeah, so the four tendencies quits, I will include the link in our show notes so you can take it yourself.
1: Yeah, I, I've read that too. It's really interesting. I'm definitely like, if I put expectations on myself and other people do, I try to do both to the point where it can stress me out. Mm. And then I don't even want to make my own goals because it puts even more pressure on me. So it, like, it, it is really interesting to read.
0: Yeah. I would say that you are an uh, you, sorry, you are an upholder as well. Uh, yeah. like, the way you stick to your fitness routine every day is just unbelievable. And your goals, you always, you always say, okay, I have this goal and you always complete it, which I admire about you. You haven't
1: seen a lot of my goals, but thank (laughs) you. Okay.
0: Um, Yeah. Wait, I have one thing. You
1: said the expectation. One of my best quotes I've ever heard is high intention, low expectation. Mm. So go into something with high intention, but a low expectation. I love that.
0: Oh, I love that. It's so true. Cause that way you won't be dissatisfied if it doesn't reach your expectation. Yeah. You're still like going in, like giving
1: it your all, like, but you don't care about the result. It's like a really good way to live.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Another point I wanted to share is that exercise is extremely helpful. And I think that you can attest to this, Lauren, we ran into each other on the street on our mental walks. So there <laughs> yeah, you go. Kelly's
1: like, what are you doing? Are you just going for a walk? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> And I have my like big boots on. I looked like a grizzly bear. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. We don't need to in Toronto though. It is
0: so cold here always. Uh, but yeah, so physical exercise, super, super, super important. Honestly, every time I go for a 30 minute run on the treadmill or I go for an hour walk, I come back feeling like a new person. Um, I'm nicer to myself. Um, you know, it's, I have this mental boost it's great and you know all obviously people are like oh you have mental clutter go do yoga do all these things like i recommend that too but you know it's do what works for you like if yoga is not your thing like maybe walking and listening to an audiobook is your thing find what works for you also i highly recommend exploring therapy uh we've worked with better help in the past highly recommend betterhelp.com great. I had a therapist that I worked with on there and it went really, really well. Really, really enjoyed that. And, um, and yeah, back to negative self-talk, like there are certain thoughts that, you know, aren't really helpful to you. And I say like, catch them, catch them in the moment, write them down, tear up that paper, throw it in the garbage, whatever you have to do. Hang out with people that really lift your spirits. That's also very helpful. Talk to a friend. You don't need to talk to a therapist. Maybe talk to a friend, you know, keep people around you that make you feel uplifted and excited to, you know, wake up every morning.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. You talk about exercise. I've been ice skating like every day. I'm like, yesterday, I'm going to go after this. It's so weird. though. like, I'll walk to Nathan Nathanville Square and just ice skate alone for 30 minutes. But it makes me so happy. Like listening to music, everyone's with their like friends and family and I'm just skating around alone. But it's You go so- there alone? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so weird. They're probably like, that girl's a psychopath. No good
0: exercise no it's not weird it's just it's funny how I see that as weird but it's not weird that's so cute that's adorable I need to get a pair of skates
1: oh yeah you do I'll go with you anytime I love it
0: oh I love it and we have the same shoe size so maybe I could just borrow your skates oh yeah you can borrow mine anytime (laughs) that's awesome um okay so the next area were kids toys so we interviewed or I interviewed the minimalist mom at the Minimalist Mom on IG. Her name's Diane Bowden. It's episode 75, Minimalist for Families. And in this discussion, we talked about toys and she recommended a couple ideas. One is, she says that put some toys away that your kids aren't playing with, put them away for a couple weeks and then bring them back out and see if they still play with them. If not, donate or sell them. Thought that was a great idea. Also she said set boundaries with clutter. So have a dedicated playroom where you keep your toys to certain like you know areas so that you have the chaos in one area not spread across the whole house. Like my mom has a daycare, all the toys, majority of the toys are in a room in the basement. And so, you know, and also when she, it comes to cleaning up, all the kids are like, okay, clean up time. And they know where to put the toys back. And, you know, a lot of the, uh, the bins are labeled. so They know where to put the toys. And so, you know, it gets people and in, uh, kids involved in the process. So I think that's, that's really helpful as well. But again, if they're not playing with the items, definitely sell or donate them. Uh, but of course you don't want to get rid of a toy that they love. Right, and you know, even for me, like there's, <laughs> my mom has this like little teddy bear and stuff like that, and my sister and I both have one. And we we'll still we still want it because we want to keep it for our kids, right? So there are a couple sentimental items that you want to you don't want to get rid of, but yeah. yeah so so the next area of excess is fears and doubts and letting go of the past and moving forward into the future. So this is similar to thoughts, and uh, I'll let you start this one off, Lauren.
1: Yeah. I really struggle with this too. I mean, and, and my biggest problem I know with myself is I'm just in my own way all of the time. I think most people are. Um, but some interesting stuff I've read on this is when it comes to fear, like fear is a good thing. You want to be experiencing fear every day if you can, or consistently, because it means that you're like growing, you're trying new things. Like I I, like try to do something every day that scares you. Like that's how you grow as a person. So I just, every time I'm scared to do something, I'm like, that's a good thing that you're like doing this. And with doubts, Mel Robbins, she wrote the five second rule. She has a YouTube channel. She said this on one of the YouTube channels. I'm paraphrasing her. So when you write out your goals or your um, resolutions or what you want to accomplish, like if you want to run a marathon or like lose weight or like start a company, like, don't just put the end on there, like put the struggles, like put you being tired at five o'clock in the morning, but like getting up and like training anyways, or you like getting told no, but like trying again. So like the doubts, you have to just look at the doubts as, as part of the process. Like even when I'm like, even with comedy, I'm like, every night, I'm, every day I'm working on my comedy. I'm like, this is stupid. Like I'm wasting my time. And then I'm like, no, that's a doubt. And that's just part of the process. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You just, I just try to remind myself it's part of the process and that fear is a good thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I never thought you would say that. No, but I totally see the value in that. I, I've started to tell myself, like, do something that scares you every single day, even if it's really, really small, like emailing that super, super, you know, successful author that you've always wanted to interview things like that. And just do it, just go for it. You know, the worst you're going to receive is a no. And so, but my, my, my advice was coming from the idea of like, try not to fear what you can't control. Number one. Don't fear the things that you can't control. Number two, again, try not to go into situations with expectations. And number three, write down the good from the past. So, what I mean by this is, you know, sometimes like we're stuck in the past because. Our past experiences were just so wonderful and amazing. And we hold on to those experiences and we talk about them. Well, what are the elements of those experiences that were so great? And how can you recreate those experiences today? Right. And so I I sometimes try to think about that. Like I had a lot of previous experiences that were amazing. And some there's a part of me that wouldn't let go of my past. But now I'm realizing, hey, like I can recreate that fun and you know, that spontaneity again in my life today. So, you know, I don't need to be held on those experiences. I can create new exciting experiences going forward. And, you know, this person asked, said letting go of the past and moving forward into the future. And that could also mean holding on to something in the past that maybe is not helpful for the present. You know, maybe you had a past relationship that you can't move on from and if that's the case and you know i've i've been there <laughs> and it took time to get over a couple of people and so in that situation try to remove elements from your environment that remind you of that person number one i would say and then number two i would say make time for self care i think focusing inward focusing on yourself going out seeing your family and your friends uh, is very, very helpful to help you move forward and see, your val- see the value in you today, the present day, and, and, and how you can thrive into the future and not feel like, um, held, be- held back by these thoughts from the past. So, yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, and then, and then the next area access were completely different spectrum, digital files and photos. So we get questions about digital clutter all the time. It is an area that a lot of people struggle with, including myself. You know, Lauren and I, we have really mastered the physical clutter, but the digital clutter on my end, and not so much Lauren, Lauren- Yeah,
1: you store everything in the trash. She, she literally,
0: <laughs> she literally stores all her files in the trash can on her computer. It's insane to me.
1: <laughs> You're like- <laughs> when we recorded um towards march 2020 kelly was like lauren do not put this in the trash for 24 hours in case i need it i'm like game brahma anything (laughs) (laughs) but no i i understand that people do struggle with it i i don't know i i i'm bad with it and that i don't care as much about digital files maybe as i should even with my pictures like once I get a new phone, all my pictures are gone. I don't care.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you keep them in the iCloud. Yeah, but I've never accessed
1: assess- it. Like I've never gone into the iCloud and retrieved anything.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But um, but yeah. So for me, a little bit different in my travels earlier in yeah, my life. Yeah, you keep everything. Oh my gosh, I used to be the person who took photos every single night we went out. In university, I have, gosh, I have like 50 to 60 folders per year of different idings. And then when I lived overseas as a model, I had a lot of pictures then. And again, we had an actual camera back then. We didn't have our iPhones. So I was physically taking pictures and then saving them onto my computer. But I can say success. On Boxing Day last year, I ended up taking the whole day to back up all my files, and completely wipe my old MacBook, which is great and recycle it at the Apple store. So that is done. It's been on my list for forever. Uh, But okay, so a tip I have for digital files and photos. Number one is you just need to make time. And again, if we can get dressed in the morning, if we can brush our teeth, I like to say, we can spend 10 minutes each morning decluttering our online files. It's just self-discipline, and I know it's annoying, but make it a routine, just like uh, James Clear would say in atomic habits, you know, add on that habit to existing habits, habit stacking. So that's actually a goal for my, me this year, Lauren. Uh, I have uh, two goals. One is to declutter all the backup files that I saved. So I'm gonna take 10 minutes a day to do that. I already did it today. And then another goal of mine today is to delete 200 photos a day from my phone over the next 60 days. So that means I need to delete over 10,000 photos. (laughs) I have 13,000 photos on my iPhone. I admit I have a lot of photos and so, and I know a lot of them are screenshots, you know, they are podcast posts, things like that, you know, and, or five pictures when, you know, a group of girlfriends only needed to take one picture, but you know, we always want more. (laughs) So like things like that. So that's a goal of mine. Highly recommend you simply make time to go through your file folders. And a lot of the files, you'll learn that you, you're like, Oh, I don't need this anymore. Like this is not valuable to me. I mean, if they're tax files, yes, keep them. But if they are, you know, like three there, you've got four photos of the same flower, get rid of the three of the four or get rid of all of them if you don't need it. Right. So I think it's something that it's just going to get like my 10,000 photos of my, my phone will just go to 20,000. If I don't, start decluttering today. So I remember, I I think I got my first iPhone in 2012, maybe 2013. And so it's accumulated since then. So understandably 13,000 maybe. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I can see why that's a huge area of excess for a lot of people, but I need to be more like you, Lauren. I need to like, go on vacation and think, okay, I'm just going to take five photos on vacation and be happy with the five photos because we never look back at all those photos. Never. No,
1: I was just thinking the good photos usually make Facebook or Instagram and the rest, I don't know. I don't really care about if I lose them or not.
0: Yeah, I know. Most
1: of the stuff you saw or took pictures of, you can probably Google image them. (laughs) It's like, here's a picture of Boston Commons. Okay. That's on Google. I don't need any photos of
0: (laughs) it. you're like i'm not in the photos so who cares yeah <laughs> okay so the next area of excess is too many craft supplies so my recommendation for this is ask yourself questions whether it's craft supplies or other stuff maybe excess let's say it's excess containers in your kitchen ask yourself will i use them now or soon Number two, are they useful to me? And number three, am I open to selling or donating them? So I think it's really helpful to ask yourself questions when it comes to areas of excess in your home, Uh, especially like old stuff that used to be maybe a business or a hobby of yours, and you, you almost don't want to get rid of it because maybe you invested a lot of money into it, but at the same time, if it's not who you are today or what you're working on today and it's not something that you plan on using into the near future, then you should really eliminate it.
1: Yeah, and figure out what ones you like really like doing and what you need to do that. Like for me, I've been accumulating a lot of baking stuff over the years, (laughs) but I I got a really nice container and put all my baking stuff in it and put it above my fridge. And then I have like the cookies or stuff I really like to make and what I need for those, um, as opposed to just continuing to accumulate more stuff because you can really get into it.
0: Yeah. And you know what's really helpful? The minimalist say if X items, so think about an area of access in your home. If those items were to combust today, would you replace them? Like that is so helpful. I'd be like, that is really good. Yeah. I told my parents that they were like, huh? Yeah. that actually really does help.
1: My mom would be like, yeah, I'd reorder everything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Oh my goodness. So I want to have
1: a toga party at my house with the bed sheets.
0: Because <laughs> your mom has so many of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so well now you're making them useful. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a Greek themed birthday. That's hilarious. Okay, so the next area of access are shoes, which Lauren and I cannot relate to. We're not the ones to ask, <laughs> but we are the ones to share what we currently own and, and some advice on how to declutter your shoes. So number one, I say, ask yourself questions, just like the last area where, so the the number one thing I would say is ask yourself, where do I spend my time? Do you spend your time at work, gym, maybe outside nature, uh, various events, et cetera. So once you know these areas, then go through your shoes and figure out which are useful to your lifestyle today and which which are no longer, longer useful to you. And also try them all on. Maybe they don't fit anymore. Maybe some of the leather stretched out too much so it's not your favorite shoe and you or maybe put out all your heels and say, "Hey, that's not my style anymore. Maybe my style personality has changed." It's it's very similar to clothes Lauren, so so I think we can apply that of our, you know, our advice with, you know, the closet kit that we created to shoes as well. And again, you can donate excess shoes. You can even just donate them to your friends if they have the same shoe size. I mean, Lauren and I have the same shoe size. Lauren gave me, donated a pair of booties to me last year and I, you know, I wore them for the first time a couple days ago and I, I love them. So, uh, so, and I also want to talk about what I own. So I actually own only eight pairs of shoes. Wow. Uh, one is a winter boot. One is a runner. I have two high heels, one beige one, one black one. I have a summer sandal heel. I have one flat sandal and uh, I have one Converse walking shoe and that's it. And I store them in a little bin. Uh, right now I'm only using my boots and my runner. So you don't, you don't need much. You really yeah, don't. You,
1: were, you replaced a pair of heels in Boston. How long did you have them for?
0: Oh yeah. Okay. So I, so I love dancing at weddings and I loved this pair of heels. I bought it in my modeling days. Gosh, I don't know, Lauren, probably I, I did wear it in Hong Kong in summer of 2011. So I probably, I probably bought them in 20, 2009 or 2010. And I wore them to almost every wedding over the past decade, dancing all night in these things. They were my favorite yeah, shoes. they were shot when you threw them out. Yeah. And I was like, Lauren, what do you think of these shoes? Should I, I brought them on vacation in Boston with the intention of buying a new pair and making myself like get rid of those pairs, get rid of the old pair. And I showed them to Lauren. I was like, Oh, maybe I can stick with these shoes. Maybe I don't need a new pair. I showed her and she was like, yeah, those are on their last leg. (laughs)
1: They were like 12 years old. (laughs) But the thing is, if you buy like a classic shoe that you can wear throughout the years with a lot of different outfits, then you just don't need that many pairs of shoes. Like stick with neutral colors and stick with like the, um, what do they call it? With like a 10 piece wardrobe, the things you really need, the
0: essentials, like the neutrals. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Like I, I'm like you, like I have a black here, a beige heel, a winter boot. I actually lost my sandals this summer. So I don't have sandals right now. <laughs> yeah. And like a running shoe, I, I don't have that many shoes. And I, the ones that I wear, I wear consistently. And when they wear out, I replace them. So, but mm-hmm. you and I aren't the type of people who would buy like a purple heel or like a pink heel with a bow. Like,
0: so that think- was the old me. I did. I used to have super colorful shoes. I had like a gold shimmery shoe. I had a pink heel. And to be honest, I still love that stuff. And I think that I, like yesterday, I, for the first time in the world (laughs) ever, I shared a a Nike shoe with a friend yesterday and it it was white with pieces of like pink and yellow. My friend said, wow, you are buying a shoe in color? I was like, yes, because I have worn out my runner from running so many miles this past year. So I need a new shoe and I'm thinking a white one with color. I'm trying to add more color into my wardrobe. And something I really, really wanted to stress is if you love shoes and you wear all of your shoes, you can keep them. If shoes are your thing just make sure that you're using all the ones that you're keeping. If you're not using them, they're just collecting dust, then you should probably sell them or donate them. Even if they're expensive, they're just sitting there. It's better if they're being used. No, so true. Yeah. So the next area of excess are hobbies. And maybe crafts could fall into this category as well, but... Since uh, this person is speaking of excess hobbies, I thought this was a perfect question for you, Lauren. Since you are the hobby queen, you have so many projects on the go. How was yeah, my people... New Year's
1: resolution to not.
0: <laughs> exactly. How do you manage excess hobbies, all these things that you want to do? Um, I'm just trying to do
1: them one at a time. Or even seasonally. So it's like if one of your hobbies is like playing tennis, then play tennis in the summer. And if one of your hobbies is skating, then skate in the winter. Mm. Then you can still do both and it's the same amount of time. But yeah, just pick the hobby you want to do now or that you're most interested in and do it until you're sick of it or you're really good at it or you want to switch and do something else. But just because you're doing, like if you're playing the piano and all of a sudden you want to start baking, you can just switch over to baking. You don't have to do both.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes we, you know, all of our hobbies are going to be categorized into a level of which one fulfills us the most, which one is most exciting to us. So think about, you know, what you'd be most sad to get rid of or stop doing. Right. And so For me, I, you know, I, you know, I I work, we do this podcast. uh, You know, I also have, you know, a job on top of a job. And then I also have, um, I had my modeling career. And I, at that point in my life, I thought, okay, this is too much. I'm overwhelmed. I'm burnt out. So what do I do? Um, So I ended up deciding that I needed to um, end my modeling career which I did and um, no regrets because I needed that space to give everything else hundred percent. And for me, that was the lowest priority for me. And, and in some ways, the, less, the least fulfilling. So I was like, okay, I'm going to eliminate this chapter of my life. Maybe I'll get back into it another day, but for right now in my life, I can't focus on that. So, so yeah, I think it's really helpful to go through, hey, what is you know, a lesser priority or what is less fulfilling? Uh, again, these are hobbies, so these are not paid roles, but like if if there is there's definitely going to be those that you prefer over others and again, start thinking about like sometimes the hobbies are like based on like helping others and things like that, so try to think about um, just make sure that you 're doing what you want to do and you 're not doing it because someone else wants you to do it so yeah,
1: um, and it's also I also feel like i I can do a lot more. It's more the mental strain of like, oh, I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do this. It's like, I can do them, but I know I'm going to spend a lot of time worrying about it and thinking about it. So I do have to narrow it down
0: hmm It also adds mental clutter, which is also yeah. added time. So maybe it's not your hobbies. It's your time thinking about all your hobbies.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, for sure. Like I woke up this morning, I'm like, I got to write out my comedy and like work out. And I'm meeting Kelly for 11 to do the podcast. And it's like, I could do it all, but it's like, I got a busy day. I got to get going.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why whenever I'm like, okay, let's meet at this time. And I know that you just got home or something. I'm like, oh, Take 20 minutes. Yeah, Take minutes. <laughs> Relax, decompress, because I don't want you to feel rushed ever. Okay. So the next area of excess someone asked about are small little things like bobby pins. And I love this question because I think a lot of us have tiny little items that can really clutter a space. So what I recommend is keeping tidy items like this, or like earrings or bracelets and stuff like that, in small cloth baggies. So you can get them on Amazon. Um you can also get them when you buy certain items that give you that little baggie. So I usually keep it and uh, to house a little items. And then I have under my bed or you can keep in your closet. I have this like small little zip up toiletry kit and I have those little baggies in that toiletry kit because I don't need to look at my bobby pins every day. If I'm not using them every day, I only use them when I'm doing my hair up really, really, you know, extravagantly for a wedding or something like that. So, so yeah, that that would be my advice again. If, but if you're not using them, get rid of them, you don't need them. Right. So sure. that's another, an By-
1: My advice, and I've learned this so much in this like minimalism journey, the stuff that you have out on a day-to-day basis is stuff that you should use on a day-to-day basis. So the clothes you wear- the like grooming products you use, um, the stuff you use to style your hair. And then I have a small amount of storage for the stuff I use sometimes, but I don't need to see and look at and manage every single day of my life. And if you use bobby pins to like, like you said, Kelly, like do like a nice hairstyle on like an event or something, um, then store those and bring them out on the the time of the event. Like even Mm -hmm. with like my, with my hair products, like there's stuff I only use sometimes. Like I only wear my extensions sometimes now, or I only use a curling iron sometimes. So I don't keep that in like my day-to-day drawer. So if you use it sometimes, store it. If you don't use it at all, get rid of it.
0: Yeah, we all have a little, Lauren and I both have a little emergency bag for travel as well. Like we have our little travel toiletry items. So if we ever run out of anything, we'll just go to those. Uh, But I also have this in this little toiletry kit. I have like extra soaps, uh, floss, uh, uh, cleansers, things like that, that if I run out, I have it available to me and yeah i really like that so it, it's nice to not have to look at all those items until you're done the other ones so again yeah. like you said don't have things out that you're not using every day you don't need to look at them you don't need to you don't need to just like your closet if you have a shirt you only wear a, a once a year in your closet that's a problem you should store that you don't need to physically look at it every day so well now the, the next area of excess is managing paperwork and this is also a very common questions A lot of the paperwork that we get in the mail is junk mail. We can recycle it. So I say, if you physically get your mail right there and then, usually near your mailbox, you have a recycling bin, right? So I know we do in our apartments. So immediately get rid of the junk mail right there and then. And you
1: can go online and opt out of getting ads. Did you know that?
0: Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Getting junk mail. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's, that's so important. You can opt out, right? Even with your bank, you can tell them, Hey, I don't want, I don't want physical reminders. You can just send me an email. Yeah.
1: No, that's so true.
0: Super helpful. And uh, yeah. And also go through your mail right when you get it, you know, don't think, don't put it on your kitchen table. A lot of, I'm sure your parents do this too. Put it on their kitchen table and then they get to it days later and it just sits there. It's like, just do it right there and then take a minute. It's just like when we Put on, or we we remove a piece of clothing at the end of the day to put on our PJs or something. Don't put it on your chair. Put it on the hanger. It takes thirty seconds. Just put it on or last, <laughs> and just put it on the hanger. Uh, get it done right there. And then, and what I re- recommend is keeping one file folder for important papers, anything to do with like taxes or business papers, receipts, like health information. I have one binder that houses all that. And something else I'll do is like I keep all my receipts from over the years. But what I do is when it comes to the tax season, I I take a picture of every single receipt and then I recycle all the receipts. So I don't actually have that's to keep fun. the paper receipts. Yeah, I just have them in folders on my computer. So much better yeah, than that's having so them. good. Yeah. So there you go. So that's that is my piece of advice for that. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: so when I get my mail, I sort through it just like Kelly does. And if there's any bills, I'll actually go onto my banking app and schedule the bill for when it's due. So that I don't have to think about it or set reminders. And then I, I put everything in a folder. And at the end of the year, I divide it between personal business and miscellaneous. And I do my tax write-off and then I store everything and start fresh with a new file folder every year. So yeah, just be consistent with going through when you bring it in and store it somewhere and, and sort it through at the end of the year.
0: Great. Great. So we have two more areas left. Uh, and one, I think can be super relatable to people right now because you know we're in January. A lot of things are changing with corporations. A lot of... Uh, remote workers are being asked to come back into the office. And this question is, you know, she, she says that she has a new routine and she's switching from remote, remote work to the office and she feels like she's losing time. And, you know, the structure is very, very different. So she's asking like, how do I manage this transition from working remote in my PJs in my, in my house or whatever she was doing to onsite work? So I would say number one, Make yourself feel like you are in your home environment. So things you can do is you can dress up your work desk like you did your workstation at your home. I know that's something that would really make me feel like I'm still at home and in more comfortable in that environment. I remember when I worked at a desk job, I, you know, I had the plant, I had, you know, my favorite tea, you know, I even had a little bit of a little blanket on my chair, like things like that, you can do that. Like you can make it feel like more home. Uh, And then I I found an article online and uh, in this article, uh, there were a couple tips that were really, really helpful. And the author had mentioned that you should stick to your routine. So the routine that you develop when you were working at home, maybe you, you know, you made breakfast in the morning, you had your coffee, maybe you did emails first thing, maybe you read up on industry news, something like that keep the same routine. You know, you don't, don't, don't go to the office and feel like, okay, I got to start right now. Right. You know, maybe at 9am at home, you did all those things and then you start at 930. Do that if you can. Right. And also be transparent with, you know, the people that you're working with. I think uh, a lot of my friends who work remotely, they have to communicate, Hey, these are the things I'm working on. These are the things that I'm doing. Uh, keep doing that when you're in the office too. So you don't feel like someone has to come over your shoulder once in a while. Just tell them upfront this is what I'm working on, so that they don't need to worry or think about it, right? And uh, the thing, another thing to think about is, you know, the office might be busy, it might be loud, you know, there might be a lot of socialization at the office because. You know, you're working amongst other people and maybe it's not as quiet as your house was. So in that environment, like set boundaries for social time. I know Lauren, you were working out of an office. You still work out of an office a couple of days a week. Uh, do you find that sometimes you'll get a lot of like distracted by people like coming up to you, chatting with you? Is that an issue? And, and if it is, have you been able to set boundaries with that or maybe put on some headphones to <laughs> give them the impression that you need to focus? I am such a blunt
1: person that I'd be like, don't talk to me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I had one agent who would come in and he'd be like, oh, Lauren doesn't like it when I say hi to her. (laughs) But um, at the end of the day, there's distractions in both. Like at the office, there's people to talk to at home. Like you can like make a snack or like watch a movie or take a nap or like there's going to be distractions in both areas. You just need to manage them. Both, it's so funny. I feel like we've been in the pandemic for so long that people were trying to transition from the office to home, and now that we've been working from home for so long, it's like, how do I transition back to the office? Yeah, yeah, it's so <laughs> I'm, like crazy. wearing my bathrobe and daydreaming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one of my biggest advice for this, because I commute to work and it's kind of a longer commute, so you ask, like, how do you make up for that time once you have to start going back to the office? Um, whether you're commuting, like on transit, or you're driving, I make use of that time. So like the that tw- was March 2020, our last one that came up for the holidays, I wrote that on a subway, in the notes section in my phone. So I like try to use it to like read or write comedy, or you can like watch YouTube videos, like stuff you would do normally and your like relaxing time. Cause you know, when you're in transit, you you don't really have to talk to anyone. Like it's kind of like a little bit of time off, like a little bit of a break between home and work. And if you're driving, you can always listen to like podcasts or you know, just things that make the commute more enjoyable. So I would say use that time constructively.
0: Yeah, it's really what you make of it, right? You know, sometimes people think that they're losing time because they have to be in the office X number of hours, but maybe, maybe it doesn't need to be that way. Uh, maybe, maybe you can, you know, again, maybe we can't fold our laundry while we're taking a call in any, anymore, right? You, uh, we don't have that option. Um, but, but maybe, you know, it's waking up a little bit earlier. Uh, there's always a, a few different little things that we can do, uh, to make up for that. So hopefully this is helpful to, uh, to answer your question. And, uh, we have one more, oh, sorry, we have two more. So one, another, another individual says, I find it hard to let go of useless things that only have a nostalgic feeling to them. So they're useless, but they have some memories attached to them. So what do we do with those things?
1: Yeah, that's a hard one. I, I mean, keep, they. a lot of people recommend taking photos of it and keeping the photographs. Yes. Um, but I mean, I don't know if people on the podcast know this, but my brother passed away when I was in high school and there's a lot of stuff of his that we kept And even like when my parents pass it on to me, like there's still some things that are completely useless, like slippers he had as a kid or his blanket, stuff like that. But I, I will have to keep them because to me, that is so important. Like there's just going to be a few things, but there's a lot of stuff that I don't feel that I need to keep. So I would just, you know, find the stuff that really touches home to you or that means a lot to you, and then there's probably a lot of stuff you're just holding on.
0: To. Yeah, that's so great. That's such a great story, I, I, and I know that there are, you know, there are many items that he left behind. But I know that you've realized that there's only a few items that you really wanted to keep to spark those memories. So, you know, go back through those items see the the items that you can donate, recycle, or sell, and then think about, you know, the five or 10 pieces that you really, really want to keep to hold in those memories and, you know, spark that nostalgic feeling. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Lauren. Yeah, yeah. of course. It's really cute. Um, I know that you share it. I remember you telling me that you, you still have one of his jackets and I thought that was really cute.
1: Yeah. My dad still wears one of his jackets every winter. <laughs> so it's he, so cute. it's he useful it. to him. Nice jacket. Yeah. But I, it's like memories too. So it's cute. I guess that's a way of making use of stuff that's nostalgic is trying f- trying to find a way to use it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So the last area of excess someone mentions is mental minimalism. Again, we've talked about this before today. Uh, start with eliminating excess stuff in your environment, as I said, because it will make you feel more free and calm and then focus inward on your thoughts. And Again, write it down, put self-care into practice, exercise your mind and your body. Can't stress that enough, how much that makes a difference for even you and I, Lauren. Uh, keep a journal in a daily calendar, speak to a therapist, speak to a friend. And you know, I also wanted to recommend a couple episodes as well. So way back in the day, <laughs> in episode 47, called Mental Minimalism with Mark Champagne, highly recommend that episode. Number two, episode 67, it's called Own Your Anxiety with Julian Brass. Uh, And the last one, which is a more recent episode, episode 97, Conquer Distractions with Near AL. We talk about how to manage everyday distractions, which I believe can really cause mental clutter. When I'm distracted by my phone, when I'm distracted by all the tasks on my plate, friends calling me, texting me, all these things, it causes mental clutter. It causes me anxiety. So he talks about how to cut distractions down um, so that we can regain focus, feel less anxious and declutter our minds. So definitely check that out. So this brings us to our, you know, uh, to close. We wanted to share, uh, we asked you the question, what are your minimalist lifestyle goals for 2022? And since we're here in January, 2022, we wanted to share what your list of goals were. Cause I'm sure a lot of you guys are thinking about different areas that you can, you know, declutter in your lives or improve and, you know, and, and, and thinking about ways you can improve your every day. So uh, Laura and I are going to share our goals uh, but first we thought we would read a list of your goals so here is the list uh number one someone is doing a 30-day decluttering challenge and kudos to you i really really hope it goes well that is really great again a little bit every day will go a long way number two this individual is trying a no new stuff year wow So she, yeah, this is a woman. She is, uh, she says that last year she didn't buy anything for four and a half months. And she said she felt so free. Love hearing that. Uh, next one is getting rid of paper files, going through digital clutter, as we talked about, uh, number four, to let go of things that are no longer consistent with who I am. Love that. A lot of us, we keep all these items that we have from the past, but they're no longer relevant to us today. Number five, emotional mental minimalism. Number six, digital photo clutter and sustainability. Number seven, uh, continue to minimize my belongings and make more time for experiences. Uh, less just-in-case products and items. Another is decrease my daily stress chaos by living a simpler life. Uh, another is zero waste, minimal rubbish. Uh, Minimal spending on excess things like clothes. It's very common. A lot of people are talking about buying less clothes. Another is to find my way back to a state of calm. It's not easy in a pandemic with kids and a teaching career, but she is on a mission. And the next one is save more than we spend this year. Love that.
1: I love that.
0: Yeah. A lot of people end up spending more. Yeah. And so again, save, 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 saving is so important. And next is less spending more nature time, Uh, cut down on food waste and online orders from non-eco-conscious companies. Try not to buy new clothes and wear everything I own, which I love. Yes, buy less. Start loving the clothes that you already own again. Uh, Again, buying less clothes stuff. Be happy and more fulfilled with what I already have. Another person is doing a low to no buy year for wardrobe and non-essentials. And lastly, financial minimalism. So thank you guys all. Thank you all for sharing your goals for 2022. I, I now I'm so curious to share what Lauren's goals are, uh, because, uh, because we haven't talked about this yet. So
1: yeah, my main goal for the new year is to try not to sign up for everything at once. (laughs) I'm really bad at that. I feel like I overcommit myself and I just say yes to everything. So, um, my new year's resolution is to do things one at a time and like do them well. So my first thing I'm actually starting a comedy course tonight. It's the Groundlings. It's based out of Los Angeles. Um, So that is going to go on for a month. And then if I want to sign up for another course or do something else, I have to wait until it's done because I am bad at like filling my plate too high, but that's my main goal for 2022 is to, in terms of my, in terms of minimalism and my minimalist goals, is to just not overcommit myself and yeah, just do one thing at a time, do it well, really enjoy it and then move on to the next thing.
0: Yeah. You're balancing yeah, I,
1: your priorities. Yeah. I can't do like physical minimalist goals <laughs> unless I'm going to like get rid of my kitchen table or something here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't have anything to get rid of. <laughs> I don't have anything to get rid of. <laughs> Maybe I'll buy you a bunch of stuff and send it to your apartment and get yeah. you all anxious. <laughs> my goal is to get rid of everything that Kelly gave me.
1: Um, yeah, I think yours.
0: I'm curious for yours. Well, you also told me yesterday you want to do a 12 week or three month, no shopping challenge, right?
1: I do. The only thing is I realized as we were talking today, I might go on vacation in the next few months and I will have to buy a pair of sandals. (laughs) So you're like, I'm going (laughs) to start that in February. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to have to wear running shoes on the beach, but, um, I I am going to try to go a few months here without buying anything. If there's something super essential that I need to replace, then fine. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think it's a great way to start the year, especially after Christmas when most people have overspent. Um, it's nice to go into the new year and, you know, take two or three months and try to not buy anything.
0: Yeah. It feels so good as, as this individual told us, like she felt so free and so true. So for me, as I discussed before, digital clutter is number one. Really want to cut down on the number of photos on my phone. I want to organize my files. So if anybody has any questions about digital clutter, definitely send us a line on social media. I'll get right back to you. I love your idea of a three-month no shopping challenge. So that means like no shopping for anything outside of your essentials. So I consider essentials food, toiletries. You know, a few nights out, maybe a couple drinks here. Uh, that's for me that's our essentials but no buying physical clothes or items or anything like that uh, that you don't need. And lastly, mental clutter. I really really want to work on that. You know, I Lauren, I know you struggle with it as well and it's really helpful for me to talk to you because I feel like you can really relate and you know, sometimes you're very hard on yourself. I am also very hard on myself yeah. and I need to I need to work on that. So, I'm thinking you know, speaking to someone, also being more open with my friends, also catching myself with negative self-talk as well. I think that's also helpful. And yeah, I think it's really relatable. I think a lot of us are hard on ourselves. And yeah, so, I'm
1: very mean to myself.
0: <laughs> we need to lift each other up. Yeah. I know. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny. <laughs> See, this is why I need you in my life because you make me laugh all the time. This is amazing. Uh, but, but I was going to say to everybody, uh, thank you again for all your questions. Uh, to close, I wanted to say that if you need an accountability partner or partners on this, uh, we are those people for you. So you're not alone. If You need help with any goal that you have. Just send us a line. We love hearing from you on our social media. Again, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Millennial Minimalists, or you can actually write us directly via email at Millennial Minimalists at gmail.com. So, well, this was fun, Lauren. Thank you. Yeah, this
1: was so fun. I'm going to go skating now.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, enjoy Lauren and I will talk to you soon. Thanks everybody. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye guys. bye -bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. And thanks to those of you for your submissions. We hope you found value in our responses. And if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by sharing it in a story or a post on social media and tagging us at Millennial Minimalist or by sending it directly to a friend or two. We are excited to start 2022 off right with you. And again, we are here to be your accountability partners when it comes to all your simple living goals. We have a lot of exciting episodes in store for you this year. And it's thanks to you that we are continually motivated to produce new content and further grow this simple living movement. And lastly, thanks to those of you who have subscribed and taken a moment to send us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. We always get excited to read your words and your reviews not only help our podcast grow, but also help us bring on more exciting guests. So thanks again and have a great start to 2022. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.